This is Solid Talk. Speaking out loud in depth. Check it out. Speaking out loud in depth. Cancel culture can't keep me in check. In front beginning, gotta tell us what's next. True believers, they can come and connect. Call in or even come as a guest and show each other respect. God bless you, family. Praise the Lord. My name is Brother Greg. This is Solid Talk, speaking out loud in depth. God is good and he is worthy to be praised. Listen, family, tonight we are having an open discussion. You can feel free to call in, talk about whatever's on your mind. You can comment whatever it is that you want to talk about. This is one of these weeks where I got about three things I want to talk about but none of them are really standing out. You know what I mean? Like none of them are really just like, oh, I got to get this off my chest. I got to speak. You know, the Lord isn't impressing anything upon me severely. So I threw something out there and I got a little bit of feedback. One of the things that I got was how to deal with burnout. Okay. How do we deal with burnout? And this is something I can relate to. Uh, Have I mastered how to deal with it? I can't say that I have. (laughs) but you know i have some experience with it so i'm gonna try to talk through it a little bit i'm just looking around for my bible because when i think about burnout the first person that comes to mind to me is elijah elijah the prophet um i gotta find it it's somewhere in kings probably first or second kings but i'm just thinking about this moment where he had this showdown with uh ahab's kingdom ahab and all the guys that ahab had sent it was like this whole thing between just as uh just uh i forgot to do his name elijah's god (laughs) which is the true and living god versus the prophets of baal and their so-called god and he was like let the true god rain down fire from heaven and all of this stuff happened and he was on top of the world he had just had a, a tremendous victory right he had just had an amazing victory And then all of a sudden, as soon as he had that victory, here comes Jezebel and she basically puts a hit out on him. Surely the same thing that Elijah did to my prophets, that's going to be done to him. And so Elijah goes and he becomes, let's just call it what it is. He becomes dejected. You might say he becomes depressed, right? He's on the run from Jezebel. And really what he had became was he had become, he had became worn out. He had became worn out. Um, And so in this moment where he became worn out, God began to speak with him, right? He went all the way to a mountain and y'all know I've been trying to find it for like the last, you know what I'm saying? Like the last uh, several seconds. I know it's in first or second Kings, probably around like first Kings 19 or something like that. But he became worn out, right, from being on top and then all of a sudden just feeling like he was on he was at rock bottom. So here it is. It is First Kings chapter 19. I'm just going to read it real quick. Man, let me see. Do I want to get it up on the screen for everybody? Let's see if we can get it up on the screen for everybody real quick. We might as well just go through it. I just want to talk about it tonight. But before we talk about it, I just want to come from somewhere in the word of God just so we can have a reference point. You know, I'm going to try not to teach too much tonight, but, you know, I just want to have a discussion because I think we can learn a lot 
from this, we can learn a lot from what he went through. So let me share this screen with you real quick. First uh, Kings chapter 19. And you don't see the header here, but mine says Elijah flees from Jezebel. I pretty much explained that. So we're going to pick up at verse nine, right? What happens here is the word of God says this. It says, and he came there unto a cave and lodged there and behold, the word of the Lord came to him. And he said unto him, what does thou what doest thou here, Elijah? Basically, what are you doing here, Elijah? So what the, the first thing we can gain from this is when we get to the point of being weary, the point of being burnt out, the point of feeling depressed, the first thing the Lord wants to know is what are you doing here, right? Because God did not call us to be burnt out. He didn't call us to depression. He didn't call us to any of these type of things. So look at the question that God is asking. Okay, what are you even doing here? Okay, when he says here, he's talking about him at the cave. But spiritually speaking, God is asking Elijah, what, what are you doing here spiritually? Okay, uh, I came to bring you life and that much more abundant. I came to give you dancing for your morning. I came to give you beauty for, you know, ashes and, and, and joy for your sorrows. These are things that the Lord came to give us. So. We want to do some inventory when we feel burnt out. Me as a believer, why do I feel this way? Okay, let a man examine himself. What's going on with me to where I feel like I'm just doing too much or I just have too much on my plate or something weighing me down, whatever the case may be. And we can get to this point. And I've learned that there's a few things that can get us to burn out. One thing that can get us to burn out is uh, pride. OK, pride, because sometimes we can be prideful and we can really feel like, OK, I'm doing this. I have to do it. I've been called to do this. This is what I do. I don't know what's going to happen if I don't do it. And so what I'm going to do instead is I'm going to keep going, even though I'm feeling like I need to rest, even though I probably need to rest. I'm just going to keep going. So pride is a factor feeling like you're big enough to tackle it. But when we got to take into consideration, God created everything and then he rested on the seventh day. So if God is not so prideful enough to where he can actually rest and show us that example of resting, who are we to really say, OK, God, I'm not going to rest because of X, Y and Z? Well, God rested. And if he rested, why can't we rest? There were times where Jesus went away and rested. Okay, Jesus snuck away often and he would pray. You know, he he was sleeping on a boat when the storm came. So Jesus was eating and sleeping and drinking just like us. And there were times where he rested. And sometimes we feel like we have so much going on or we are so vital. We're so important that if we don't keep going then the world is going to fall apart. When the fact of the matter is. God has ordained rest for us, and he even gave us the example of resting, right? Another reason that I realize we can sometimes get burnt out is fear. What's going to happen if I don't continue? 
You know what I mean? I took a month off of here recently. One of the things, one of the ideas that, and I took that month because I, I, I needed the rest. I needed to not be burnt out. But one of the things you think about when you're in a position like this is, okay, my channel is going to be dormant for a whole month. What type of traction, what type of momentum am I going to have when I return back? Right. Um, can I pick up where I left off? It's all of these different type of situations that we can go through, these scenarios that we can fabricate in our minds that haven't even really come to, to, to fruition yet. Because that's all fear is. We learned this before. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Fear is the substance of things not hoped for. All right. And so you're 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 having an idea or an imagination in your mind about something that could happen, even though it hasn't even happened yet. So this is what we're dealing with, right? When we when we have this idea of man, it, it it starts with me, it stops with me, and if I don't, if I don't keep going, then it's going to be worse off. When most of the time, if not all of the time, you'd be better off getting a proper amount of rest, okay, and then coming back so that you can be what your best, the best version of yourself. We should always strive to be the best version of ourselves. And a lot of times the burnout can come from taking on too much, doing too much, feeling like we're obligated to, to do things and also not gassing up and using the Lord as our source. Right. It's, it's just like a car. Um, somebody told me this one time the way a car engine works they told me they never let their gas get below half a tank. Now, it can probably this principle will probably go lower than a half a tank. But this per particular person said, I never let my gas get below a half a tank because it's worse for your engine. He said, when you I ain't got my water bottle, but he said, when you let your gas get really low, it's like you're drinking a drink with a straw. And the straw is trying to like gain the liquid. So basically your engine is fighting to gain this liquid because you didn't gas up all the way. Whereas if your car was, if your gas tank was at a half a tank or higher, now what's happening is your, your, your engine is not struggling as much. And oftentimes one of the reasons why we could be feeling burnt out is because we got to check the source. We got to check how much prayer am I putting into what I'm doing? How much time in the word am I putting into what I'm doing? Right. How much am I leaning on my own strength and working this engine instead of using the oil that God gave me to use? These are the type of things that we have to be mindful of because this really determines how much of our sales we're giving and pouring out versus how much we're being poured into. I heard somebody say this. I don't practice this as much as I should, but I really do want to get to the point where I, well, if you want to be technical and add everything up, I probably do practice this. But they said you should never be ministering more than you're praying. Right. So if you add up all the times I pray during the week versus how much I minister it's probably that way. But I want to get to the point where like in one day, if I'm going to be talking on solid talk for an hour and a half. I might need to pray for an hour and a half that day. Anyway, this person was like, 
you never want to be ministering more than you're praying. Because what that means is that your pour out is greater than your pour in. And when we get to the point where we can start to function off of the pour out and disregard the poor in, that means we're working in our own strength. That means we have pride because we think we can do it ourselves. And if you find yourself to be successful, it really is just simply the grace of God, <laughs> especially in ministry. It's really God saying, like, you should have put some more prep in. But because these are my, my sons and my daughters and I need them to get this word, I'm just going to use you as my vessel. And you need to go and fill up when we get done. The, all these things can, can, can contribute to burnout. So you're looking at pride. You're looking at fear. And then you might simply just be looking at efficiency, right? When you think about burnout, um, glory to God. When you think about burnout, I don't put the link. Anybody want to hop on here? And uh, by the way, you can still mention other topics that you want to talk about tonight. But when we look at burnout, what I'm thinking about is efficiency because burnout is simply like energy, too much energy that's being expended. But a lot of times we need to look at, okay, what is the output that I'm looking to gain versus the amount of energy that I'm willing to put into it or not even willing, but the amount of energy that I'm putting into it, because sometimes we can be doing a whole lot to get an outcome and we get the outcome, praise God. But at the same time, right, there could have been a much easier way to do what it is that we needed to do. And I found that one of the best ways to be efficient is to be organized. A lot of times you guys might have heard me say I'm not good at administration, um, being organized to do lists and all of that. But I'm not going to say that anymore because we're going to call those things that be not as though they are. And also, I've been getting a little bit better at it. So you look at something like. Um, having a to-do list, you're working on a project, having a project list. If you got several projects, having a project tracker, okay, having it organized, maybe on a spreadsheet, maybe on a Word document, having a due date, okay, having a schedule. All these different things will make you more efficient so that you don't have to worry about burnout as much. <laughs> um, we want to be efficient and what that allows because you're more organized, you're more streamlined. What that allows you to do now is to take that rest and that sabbatical that God has commanded us to take. Right. So now you're operating, you're doing what, what they call hitting on all cylinders. You got everything working. You got a system. OK, you got, OK, Monday is my blog day. All right. Tuesday is my um uh, you know, uh, pay my bills day. Wednesday is my Bible study day. Thursday, whatever your schedule is, you get your schedule, you get on routine, you make your to-do list, you set your goals, and it's going to make you more efficient. I had somebody tell me about a, uh, I don't want, it's not a, it is a website actually. I don't know whether it's an app or a website, but it's definitely like a, an application type thing called Focusmate. And I asked him what Focusmate was. Focusmate is simply a website that you go to and you allocate, hey, 30 minutes. I'm going to work on my book. 
And this is a complete stranger on the other side of your focus mate, by the way. And then that person says, okay, we got a 30 minute session. I'm going to work on my painting. And, and, and at the beginning of that meeting, you establish your goals and you work silently. You can keep the mic on or cut the mic off, but you work silently for about 30 minutes, an hour, however long your session is. And then once you get done with it, you talk to the person and say, did I meet my goal? What am I talking about? Accountability. Accountability. What's another example of somebody getting burnt out? Moses. Moses was, was somebody who, um, two things come to mind, actually. The first one that comes to mind is Moses went to his father-in-law. And his father-in-law had to tell him, you need to put some people under you. So that when all these people have questions and they got disputes and all this type of stuff, you got 150 people. You got every Israelite in the camp going to Moses, Moses, Moses. If I need the answer, I got to go to Moses. He said, you got to establish some people under you so that they can offset some of these questions and you can deal with the more difficult matters and it will give you time to rest. That's efficiency. That's structure. That's also accountability to a certain degree that Moses could went to that dude and got that advice. Another example of Moses that comes to mind is this time where he was fighting uh, where Israel was fighting. Joshua was the one who was fighting. And every time Moses raised, I believe it was the staff, right? Every time he raised the staff, Israel was winning. But anytime his arms got tired and he got burnt out, they started losing. So what happened? <laughs> Somebody had to come on both sides of Moses's arms and help him do what? Help him hold up the staff. Teamwork, accountability. These are the things that are going to help us. So what am I saying in all of this? I'm saying that we can't have the Lone Ranger mentality. There might be some projects that you're going to do all by yourself. But the Bible even says that two is greater than one and a threefold cord cannot easily be broken. So that what that means to me is, OK, boom. Yeah, I could do it by myself. They used to have a song out in the world. I'm not trying to make nobody backslide. Uh, <laughs> but, but this song said, I'm a movement by myself, but I'm a force when we're together. So if two is greater than one, okay, let me let me get this teamwork. Even if the person isn't even good at what you do, can I, can I vent to you? Can I get support from you? Can I, can I get advice from you? Can I talk to you about something? Okay, these are all things that help combat burnout, right? But let's look and see what uh, Jerem, uh, I, keep, I call this dude everything except what who he is. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go and look at what Elijah was doing when he went to this cave. So verse 10, it said, and he said, I have been very jealous or zealous for the Lord God of hosts, for the children of Israel have forsaken thy covenant, thrown down thine altars and slain thy prophets with the sword. And I, even I only am left and they seek my life to take it away. And he said, go forth and stand upon the mount before the before the Lord. And behold, the Lord passed by 
and a great and strong wind rent or tore or went through the mountains and break the piece, break in pieces the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. Wow. And after the wind, an earthquake. But the Lord was not in the earthquake. Wow. And after the earthquake, a fire. But the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, a what? A still, small voice. And it was so when Elijah heard it, that he wrapped his face in his mantle and went out and stood in the entering of the cave. And behold, there came a voice unto him and said, what doest thou here, Elijah? Very same question that God asked him the first time. Or the angel or whoever it was, they asked him that the first time, right? And then he takes him through all of this stuff. And then he asked him the same question again. What's the difference? Look at this now. We find out everywhere that the Lord is not. All the activity. What does this represent? Busyness. Busyness. Sometimes the burnout is because we're so consumed with Mary and Martha. Mary and Martha. Mary was sitting at Jesus's feet. Martha was bothered about doing all these different type of chores because they had Jesus here and Jesus had to say to her, listen, one thing is needful and Mary has chosen that good part. Yeah, I used to confuse the two, but the way I uh, the way I remember which is which I always say Martha was bothered. It like kind of rhymes, but like just a little bit rhymes, but not really. But Martha, 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 she was bothered. Martha was bothered. And Mary was the one that was sitting at Jesus's feet. And he told her, look, one thing is needful. We got to find a still, small voice. When we feel burnt out. Because we think the activity is so important. And then when we stop the activity... We got to go to the Lord and get refreshed. See, I talked about this before. There's, there's a skill to resting in Christ. I don't even think I fully mastered it yet, to be honest with you. But a lot of times it's like we, we can look at rest just as an opportunity to do a bunch of carnal stuff. OK, it's my rest day and I'm just going to watch TV all day. OK, we need to find a way to, but, but see, the question is, is that going to build you up or is that going to, is that going to be constructive or destructive? Sometimes we can feel burnt out because of what we're taking in. I'm just going down the checklist, right? I'm just, I'm trying to answer my sister question. This is a great question, by the way. I'm just going down the checklist of what we could be going through when we're burnt out and how we can solve it. How do I rest in Christ? We got to have intimacy with the Lord. We got to delight ourselves in the Lord. The delighting is when we look forward to time with God, right? When we look forward to time with God. Um, 
that requires consistency and momentum and the putting away of other things. But a lot of times we just feel like the things of God can be a chore sometimes. And we say, okay, well, I'm a rest and I'm just going to do everything that I want to do carnally. <laughs> and then when you come out of it, you don't really feel charged up spiritually because you didn't do anything to, to, to refuel spiritually. You rested physically and refuel physically. So when you go back to the activity and then you start doing the work, you're going to have the physical energy to do it. And then when you need that spiritual strength to get you over the hump or to keep you motivated or to keep your momentum going, that's not going to be there. So we got to have mental, physical and spiritual well-being, right? These are the ways that we get through. These are the ways that we get over the hump. Listen, we about uh, 25 minutes in. I'm going to throw this link in here real quick for anybody that wants to um, join in on this discussion. As it is right now, it's about um, how to deal with being burnt out. But you can come on here and talk about anything. So let me go to some comments real quick and just see how everyone is doing tonight. I still ain't even got through Elijah now. I think about it, but... <laughs> Let me just take a few comments, then I'll finish that up. Uh, God bless everybody that's joining in, by the way. Glad you guys can hang out with me a little bit. Listen, this open discussion night, open mic night, you come on here, bring up a topic. You can come on here, spit some poetry. <laughs> We're going to call it open mic night. That might be what we should do one day. We should have an open mic night, like literally like songs, poetry, singing, praise, worship, writings, stuff like that. Here's a comment. Sister Tatiana says, I had extreme burnout that I went completely off. I had to step back and regroup. And that's okay. That's okay, sister. Listen, we all have to go through it. We don't have to go through it, but we all go through it. And the scripture that you says answers it best, not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord of hosts. Zechariah chapter four. Listen, we got to take that step back. And sometimes like those things I mentioned earlier can, can possibly get in the way. Pride, ambition, fear. Sometimes we don't want to stop or take a break because we worried about what other people are going to think or say. Oh, what's going on with her? She... You know, what's going on with him? It must not be working out for her. It's, you know, he doesn't look the same as he used to. All these different type of things. But we got to do what we got to do to make sure that we're right in the things that God would have us to do. Right. We can't we can't have so much pride that we're worried about how it looks to other people, because at the end of the day, your success is not going to come because of other people. It's going to come from your relationship with the Lord. If you're in the world, it's going to come from, <laughs> you know, what you put into it. Right. So all these things we got to really consider, but there's, listen, getting organized, having a system, having a support system, having accountability, having a timeline, all of these administrative things can go a long way. But that's good stuff though. Yeah, pay my bills day. 
<laughs> I don't know. I'm just brainstorming. Different people, some people organize everything. Tatiana says we should form an accountability group. I'm glad you said that because that's where I was going with the focus mate. So me and Sister Torrance had a focus mate session the other uh Monday. No, Wednesday. We had a focus mate session. And um 30 minutes, you know, she got on. Uh I got on. I think Sister Stephanie was 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 cooking for her um food service. If you're in the DMV area, hit her up. So she wasn't able to make this one, but this was our first one. And I found that it was very productive. I touched the book that I've been talking about for the past two or three years. I touched the book for the first time, probably in like at least six months. And that's what I'm going to be using the focus May sessions for is the book. So listen, if y'all want to have some bootleg uh, we didn't do the official focus mate. I said, look, I ain't going to pay for pay for some friends and some accountability. I can get some free friends and accountability. Right. So I'm not endorsed by focus man or nothing like that. That's just the inspiration that I got behind the idea. But what I'm saying is if y'all want to just get together and have a um, have a uh, bootleg focus mate session where we come on for 30 minutes to an hour, say what's up to everybody what your goal is, what you want to do, we can do that. We can do it right here on YouTube. If you don't want to be on YouTube, we can set something up offline on Zoom. It ain't no big deal to me. Just let me know. But I got a lot done in that 30 minutes. Um, put my phone in the other room and just got to work. So, yeah, that that to me is a good accountability group. You know what I mean? It really combats that slothfulness. The Bible talks a lot about slothfulness. Sister B says, King David took a break and sinned. <laughs> that's good, sister. I shouldn't be laughing that hard, but that's a good revelation. She said, King David took a break and sinned. So, yes, we need to be careful not to be slothful, he says. Man, that's good stuff. Yeah, sister. Okay, sister, I'm going to get you in on the, um, the next one we do. I'm going to let you know. We can get together and figure out a time that works. But yeah, these are the things that that we can learn from from uh, the word. So look at what Elijah says. Right, um, we find out that God is not any in any of this stuff. After all of that stuff, he hears a still small voice. That still small voice says to him, "What are you doing here, Elijah?" Okay, verse fourteen, and he said. I have been very same, same, same thing. Okay. God trying to say, okay, what you going to do or say differently this time. But this is what Elijah says. He says, I've been very jealous for the Lord God of hosts because the children of Israel have forsaken our covenant, thrown down thine altars and slain thy prophets with the sword. And I, even I only am left and they seek my life to take it away. And the Lord said unto him, go, return on thy way to the wilderness of Damascus. And when thou comest, anoint Hazael to be king over Syria. What did God give him? God gave him a plan. Elijah voiced how he was feeling to God. God said, listen, I have a plan. Look at what he says in verse 16. And Jehu the son of Nimshi or Nimshi 
shall thou anoint to be king over Israel, and Elisha, the son of Shaphat of Abimehola, shall thou anoint to be prophet in thy room. And it shall come to pass that him that escapes the sword of Hazael shall Jehu slay, and him that escapeth from the sword of Jehu shall Elisha slay. So basically God's saying, look, I'm handling your problems. A lot of times the burnout can come from stress. The Bible says, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which does so easily beset us, right? Sin can set us back, but it also said lay aside every weight. A weight isn't even necessarily a sin. A weight can just be something that's weighing you down. A weight can be an, something that you have on your mind that's not allowing you to free flow and to think and to move freely. It can be something that's, 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 that's stressing you out. And so we got to lay aside every weight. And what God told Elisha, he said, listen, the things that you're worried about, I've already taken care of. Or at least I'm going to take care of. I have a plan for you. What did Elisha have to do? Elisha had to communicate with God. Elisha had to really just say, you know what, Lord, this is how I'm feeling. See, sometimes we think we got to say all the right words. We think we got to say all the right words. Um, I got to pray to God a certain type of way. I got to do this. I got to do that. Just pray to God and tell him how you feel. You can, you, this is how God is. <laughs> you can pray to God and be like, Lord, I don't even, let, let's say, for example, you want to forgive somebody, but you really don't like them and you really just can't find it in you to forgive them. Most of us think we have to come to God with our heart molded in such a way to where we're now able to forgive the person. And then we pray to God, say, Lord, I forgive this person. But the life hack is this. You can come to God and say, Lord, I don't want to forgive this person. But I want to please you. So can you change my heart? Can you change my outlook? Can you take away my stony heart and give me a heart of flesh to the point where I can genuinely and honestly say that I want to forgive this person? Because I can't even find it in my own strength to forgive this person by myself. God appreciates that prayer. Said it was two people that prayed to God. One of them came up to him, said, Lord, um, I'm just so grateful, God, that I'm not like all of these other sinners, Lord. They just don't know you like I know you. And God, I'm just not like this other person. And God, I'm just so grateful that I'm well off. And then there was another person that prayed to the Lord. And this is what he said. He said, Lord, have mercy upon me for I'm a sinner. And you know what Jesus said in that parable? He said, the one that came to him to him and said, Lord, have mercy on me. I'm a sinner. That's the one whose prayer is going to go farther. That's the one who the Lord is really interested because that person just poured it out. They didn't say, Lord, I, look, I got it all together. Lord, I'm 
Um, Lord, I'm, uh, you know, I did good this month. Look, Lord, for that for that particular scenario, Lord, have mercy on me. I'm a sinner. Transparency with God. That's what Elisha had. He taught him exactly how he was feeling. Come all those who are weary and burdened and heavy laden. Come learn of me. For my yoke is easy and my burdens are light. I'm meek and lowly at heart. And I will give you rest. I think it's somewhere in uh, Matthew chapter 7. But that's what Jesus said. He said, I will give you rest. What are we carrying that God doesn't want us to carry? I heard a pastor say this, one of the most Southern Baptist pastors, I think it was on Dr. Charles Lawson's channel. It wasn't Charles Lawson, but it was a guy that preached on his on his channel. And this preacher said, no gentleman wants his wife carrying anything that's too heavy. And if we are the bride of Christ, God is not going to want you carrying burdens at all. He didn't call us to carry burdens. Old folks say it this way. He's a burden bearer and a heavy load sharer. <laughs> Look, I need to go to church tomorrow. If you're in the DMV area, throw your church in there. I need to go get some. I need some real church. I ain't been to church in a minute. But the old folks say he's a burden bearer. He's a burden bearer and a heavy load sharer. <laughs> I'm sorry, y'all. I'm up. Look, y'all know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know I grew up in a Baptist church, you know, so I look hey, some stuff just make me happy. But that's good news because that's who Jesus Christ is. He's a burden bearer and a heavy load sharer. He takes my heavy load, comforts my weary soul. Jesus is all that I need. Mm. Glory to God in the highest. They used to sing that song in my church. I grew up in Antioch Baptist Church. One day I'm going to make an album or EP called Antioch. And um, I'm going to do a rap version of all those songs that we used to sing in that church. Um, but man, this is what we got to do. This is what we got to do to not get to the point where we lose all momentum. We got to fight. And it's going to be a wilderness season sometimes, right? But what's happening in the wilderness season? God is trying to figure out, or not figure out, but God is trying to have us figure out something that he's doing in us. See, sometimes we got to go through the wilderness because there's something that God wants to do. And he knows the best way to do it, to build this character, this aspect of your character is going to be in the wilderness. So he might start to ration you stuff. Lord, it's, it's not happening as fast as I want it to happen. Lord, it's just not going at the rate I wanted to go. Lord, I'm just getting manna every morning. I'm getting one meal a day. Uh, you know, uh, and you want me to live off this? I'm trying to get this thing in rotation. God say for right now, because of what I'm doing in you right now, you're going to get it at the rate that I want you to get it. And it's going to build something in you that you can't see right now. 
But when the time comes for it to be revealed, right, you're going to benefit from it and you're going to have a closer relationship with me. So all of this stuff takes communication with God. Look at what Elijah did next. Yeah, I got me having Bible study tonight. So what happens next is, okay, God gives him a plan. He says, look, I got a plan for you. Relax. Okay. He said, I'm, I'm going to kill all your enemies. Problem solved. <laughs> and then what did God tell him again? He, oh, in verse 18, he says, yet I have left me 7,000 in Israel, all the knees which have not bowed unto Baal and every mouth which has not kissed him. So he departed thence and found Elisha, the son of Shaphat, who was plowing with the 12 yoke of oxen before him. And he with the 12, with the 12th, and Elisha passed by him and cast his mantle upon him. I didn't know he gave him that mantle um, earlier than, uh, than that uh, moment they had at the war, at the river when he got taken up. So I learned something just now. I'm going to go meditate on that later. Verse 20. And he left the oxen and ran after Elijah and said, let me, I pray thee, kiss my father and mother, and then I will follow thee. And he said unto him, go back again for what have I done to thee? So this whole thing happens with Elijah and Elisha. But the point I really want to get to is verse 18, where God tells Elijah, Listen, I got 7,000 more, okay? What does that tell you? Elijah's mindset was that I'm doing all of this by myself. What was his complaint? Lord, it's, I've been fighting for you, and I, only I, even just I, I'm the only one that's been zealous for God. Meanwhile, <laughs> God has 7,000 more that's reserved in Israel. So how you go from this man's mentality, like, it's just me. But then God said, I got 7,000 more. They haven't bowed the knee. They haven't kissed this God. What does that tell you? It tells us that God has given us everything that we need pertaining to life and godliness. We feel like we don't have the resources. We feel like we don't have the personnel. We feel like, oh, I'm just, it's just, I've just got it so bad. No, it's not just you. Like, it, it, listen, if God tells you to do something, I don't know where I read this. I think I read this on Instagram. If God tells you to do something, he's going to give you what you need to do it. What sense does it make for God to ask us to do something that we're not able to do? So all the worrying and all this different type of stuff that Elijah was going through was a figment of his own fear and imagination. So the real question has to be, what am I doing to communicate with God and figure out what my next steps are? The Bible says the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. The Lord don't tell me everything that he want me to do like right, right off top. 
all the time. Sometimes he do, but a lot of times he doesn't. And what I had to learn was, okay, the Lord told me some stuff early in my walk of what I would do. So you know how zealous I was and what my mindset was back then? Boom. All right, boom. We doing it. So I'm literally going and I'm trying to establish this vision that the Lord has given me. Into, and, 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 you know, it's coming together now over time. But at that time, I'm like, look, I just got saved. The world is about to end. We in the last days. I don't know how long God wants me to do this end time mission. It's exactly what I called it. <laughs> we got to do an end time mission. I'm gathering for I'm doing a whole lot of stuff. You know what that was? It was the wind. It was the earthquake. It was the fire. It was the noise. Was there a point behind it? Yeah, there was a point behind it. But the thing about it was God was showing me what I would do. He didn't necessarily tell me to start doing it right then on then. Now, to a certain degree, uh, it, it all works for, for my good because I'm doing it now. It's just happening at a gradual pace. But my mentality back then was like, all right, boom, you show me this. What's today? Tuesday. We doing it Thursday. <laughs> all right, we doing it Thursday. And God is saying, slow your roll. Uh, let me order your steps. Okay. And so I believe because of that, certain things the Lord did, the way the Lord deals with me for a while, he might not still do this. I'm really not sure, but he'll just tell me the next step because he probably said, I have this little inside joke of me and the Lord that he calls me the Gregory. He's like, if I tell the Gregory that he need to do this, he's going to like really try to do it. So let me just tell the Gregory the next step because I don't want him like moving outside of my timing. Now that I've grown a little bit more, he can probably tell me something and I can really move in the Lord's timing. Sometimes when things are not working, it can be a spirit of hindrance or a spirit of delay. Sometimes when things are not working, it can be because it's simply not the Lord's timing. And we have to have intuition to be able to understand which is which. It requires a prayer life. Um, the beautiful thing about prayer is prayer is always the safest option. Prayer is always the, the like the best answer, right? Always, always. Because look, look, Mary and Martha, you sit at his feet. That's the best thing you need to be doing. Listen, for folks joining in, we having an open discussion tonight. Right now, we're just talking about how to deal with feeling burnt out. But if you got anything else you want to talk about for the last you know 13 minutes, <laughs> go ahead and throw it out there. Um, but I feel like this is a very good discussion, very good discussion. It's not a discussion, it's a monologue. I, I like discussions, but I'm going to take the fault on this one because I didn't have a topic ready for y'all to wrap your minds around. But um, very good topic, I should say. 
Yeah, B says we need to be still and quiet. Yeah. <laughs> that dag on bath sheet, but somebody said she knew what she's doing. Man. Let me say this too. Fear, just in terms of accomplishing goals, period. Fear is also something that fear and slothfulness are two really bad things because sometimes we can we can know what something takes and it can seem so monumental that it's like it's, it becomes so it becomes so much bigger than you that it's intimidating and now all of a sudden you don't even like have the the motivation to do it <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, man, if I if I start this project or do this project, I got to do all this stuff. That's fear. And, and sometimes it's laziness. It can be one or the other. What I had to learn is that, A, if you're going to do it, just do it anyway, because you're going to do it anyway. And B, just take your time and do one step at a time. I think it was Nehemiah or somebody who was building, rebuilding something for his people. <laughs> I'm sorry, y'all. Y'all know I be giving these ambiguous, uh, <laughs> these ambiguous Bible references. Okay, Nehemiah was building a wall, and I know he was building this wall for his people after it got destroyed. Nehemiah had to take his time. And build that wall. And I, I just Googled it. And there's a guy named Sam Ballot who was basically a hater. And he was coming to antagonize Nehemiah because he didn't want to see it accomplished. But the point I the reason I brought up Nehemiah is simply because we need to take things one step at a time. If you're working on something, just, just focus on making progress. How did Paul say we got to run the race? He said, run this race with patience. What type of race do you run with patience? Definitely not a sprint. The, the only type of race you want run with patience is a marathon. And even in a marathon, you still have like a sense of urgency. But Paul said, run this race with patience. It means that I want to finish, but I'm going to finish in God's timing. So doing anything, just taking it one step at a time. I don't know if y'all know this or not, but uh, most of the music videos I do, I edit those myself by the grace of God. Um, I also do client work. So if you got any businesses, business promos that you need done um, in the DMV area, I also travel. Just hit me up. You know what I'm saying? I get you all that good uh, manifestation movement discount if I know you. Um, but I do that. And so what I had to learn is that all you got to do is just do things one step at a time. OK, I'm filming the project. I'm going to go, I'm going to film the project. Okay, I'm going to put the project, I got my footage, I'm going to edit the project. 
I'm going to add the music. I'm going to add the sound. And what you find is everything begins to come together little by little. And once you're like 75% done and you're just looking at what you got, it's like you see the vision that God had. And now you see it and it's just like, man, it seems so intimidating at first. And yes, it was a lot of work, but it was so worth it. You know, some of the music videos I put out, um, I have a vision for all of them. I still got a bunch I haven't even done yet, but I usually have a vision for every music video I put out. And some of them, I accomplish the vision thoroughly, and some of them I don't. I might do like half the vision for various reasons. It might be resources. It might be I don't have the actress or whatever the case may be, right? But when I look at the most, quote unquote, successful music videos I have, those are the ones where I follow the vision to the T. So I'll give you an example. Um, my most successful music video so far is the third one I put out, which is called Me Versus Me. And I like that song a lot. You know, I didn't expect it to be the, the best one that, I, you know, that I put out, but it's called Me Versus Me. And in that song, the Lord gave me a vision and I executed everything in that vision. And because of that, I believe that's one of the reasons why it's the most viewed video that I have so far, because I followed the vision to a T. I wasn't intimidated by it. I wasn't getting upset at how much I had to do. As a matter of fact, at that time, I was just so new to rap and music videos that it was like, I was so hyped. It wasn't like no fear. I just was looking forward to do it, doing it. But when everything was said and done and I looked at the finished product and it still has flaws. But the fact of the matter is, even in the flaws that I see now, because I've gotten so much better in my video editing, even in the flaws that I see, the appeal that it had surpassed those flaws by a long shot because people were rocking with the vision and they were rocking with the song. So the point I'm making is this. We got to take things one step at a time. Sometimes we feel burnt out because we are looking at the, 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 the mountaintop instead of looking at right where we are in this moment. Just make sure you got your, you prayed up, you got your trail mix and you got the right equipment. You got your full armor, God, you got your shoes on to climb the mountain and just take it one day at a time. And we won't feel as burnt out. So these are just some of the things that I've learned to be helpful. Once again, I haven't mastered it. I still get burnt out sometimes, but we have to know. We have to know ourselves in a sense of know how we're feeling. We got to know how we're feeling. I had my neighbor, my neighbor across the street from me. Some of you guys might have seen him. His name is Jerome. He was on one of my solid talks. He has a book out called The Characters of Men. You can check that out. We did a solid talk on it. We'll get into that later. Anyway, he saw me the other day, maybe like two days ago. And I was just taking up, taking down the trash. It had to be Wednesday evening if I was taking down the trash. He saw me Wednesday evening and... um he said he saw a spirit of heaviness on me. First, he asked me, how, how am I doing? 
And I'm like, I'm doing all right. I feel okay, you know. And I did. I felt okay, you know. And he's like, how you doing? And I said, I said, I feel, I feel okay. He said, I'm, I'm sensing some heaviness. I said, you know, I can see that. I said, I'm coming out of that. Um, I'm coming out of that. So I could definitely see what you're talking about. He asked if he could pray for me. So I let him pray for me. And he said he saw it heavy on me, the heaviness. And so I was kind of thinking to myself, you know, um, did I feel heavy? And let me say, first of all, physically, I do feel heavy. Like <laughs> physically, I feel I've been feeling heavy. I really been tr actually trying to figure out, like, why am I fat? <laughs> like, why do I have belly weight? I feel like my my level, my diet and exercise should have me in a better shape right now than what I am. But maybe I'm just deceiving myself. But anyway, I'm like, I, you know, so physically I am heavy -er than I should be right now. And but then spiritually, I started thinking about it. And I was like, you know, I've been feeling heavy for a while now. So I wonder if I haven't come out of it as far as I thought, but maybe what's happening is I've gotten a little bit used to the heaviness. See, there's a pastor, um, Willie Spate, a church I used to go to, Vision Impact Center, nice church, good people. But he said something one time. I can't remember what his injury was, but he had a surgery to cure something. It was like, I don't know, it was with his walk or like something going on in one of his organs. He had some sort of surgery. And he said, I didn't realize how bad off I was until I got healthy. Because what can happen is sometimes we can get so accustomed to doing stuff a certain way. I've been hit with a few times. Now I walk with a limp. And so we begin to take that limp on as normal. Okay. <laughs> like, like a certain, okay. Um, I probably do it now. It's a whole bunch of stuff in my jacked up body. I ain't even going to use myself as an example. But basically, the point I'm making is that sometimes when we've been wounded or hurt or, or tired or something for so long, we it becomes our new normal. And we don't realize that we're not as okay as we think we are. And so we got to get to the Lord and, and, and really do some self-assessment and say, how am I feeling Honestly, how do I feel? You know, um, Jerome might have been on to something because yesterday, no, one of them days I took a nap. It was like a life-changing nap. And yesterday I cut my grass. Then I ran an errand, got my, took my car to get his first um, maintenance checkup and came home. And I just, I took a nap, but it was like, it was like my body needed it more than I even realized. It was like, I took the nap and I woke up and I was still tired, but I felt, 
I felt better, even though I felt tired still. So I was like, maybe that was the heaviness. Um, but I think my body might have been fighting off some sickness because this dude behind me at my job kept sneezing and all that. But um, who knows, man? Who knows? The point I'm trying to make is that we need to really I get my face, get my, get me some, get my face done. Um, we need to really be in tune with how we're feeling. How do you really feel? And talk to the Lord about it. Thank you for that scripture. It was Matthew chapter 11. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you because I am humble and gentle at heart and you will find rest for your souls. Matthew 11 and 29. Thank you for that, sister. Yeah, Matthew. She said Matthew 11. This sister Tatiana. Matthew 11 has helped me get through in tears. Yeah. The Sabbath is rest in a day, but we rest in Jesus. Jesus is in us, so we have to embrace his peace and rest, which sustains us daily. I agree. I also want to say, though, that, and, and I was talking to Sister Nicole about this. She was telling me this. There might be something to be said about allocating a day to rest. I'm not saying that we're required to do it. I'm not saying that, you know, we got to follow some sort of law. But what I'm saying is, you know, and Nicole made this point, God blessed the Sabbath day. She wasn't even saying it got to be Saturday, like whatever your your day is. Right. If you just want to take a day. It might be something to the idea of just resting. But um to to your point, which is true, Jesus Christ is our Sabbath day's rest. Um, he said that he is Lord of the Sabbath. That's what Jesus said. Sister Indira says we have to be still and wait on God's timing. Absolutely. God's timing, the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. He makes everything beautiful in his timing. Yes, being 100% honest with the Lord is very important. Yeah. Man. Well, listen. I like to... Oh, hold on. Let me see this. B says, I've been burnt out many times in my walk with God. I have constant war. And when I have peace and quiet, I wonder if I'm ready for the next battle. You know what? That's the other thing about this walk. There are mountains and valleys. So, and there's wildernesses and there's harvest seasons. There's, it's like Ecclesiastes. There's a time for everything. There's a time to, to plant and a time to harvest, right? Um, a time for everything. And um, God knows those seasons. In order for us to know the season that we're in, that means we got to get with God. You don't want to be... Today, it was what? Probably like, let's say, 80, 86 degrees, right? A couple of days ago, it was like 90 degrees. You don't want to be 90 degrees with a North Face coat on. What that tells me is that you aren't aware of the season that you're in. 
So there's and there is certain equipping that comes with each season. We're talking about Elijah. Eli God told Elijah, look, a famine is going to be happening for three and a half years. You need to go to this particular place and I'm going to feed you this particular way. I think he had some birds come and feed him or something like that. Then when that got done, he told him, go do something else. Relationship. Allow him to be where at the right place at the right time doing the right thing. You don't want to be in a blizzard with some swim trunks on. It doesn't make sense. So we it, 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 we we talking about being aware, being self aware, and also being aware of what God is doing. Those two things got to work in tandem. Glean says, yes, progress over perfection. Sometimes trying to be perfect or wanting it perfect will stop you from even starting or finishing. Yes. Yes, absolutely. I can speak to that from experience. Definitely. I'd be feeling that way about my music videos and I'd be looking at other people's videos and I'd be like, you know what? I'm putting way too much thought into this. <laughs> Let me just put the dag on. Oh, did I do something? Oh. Let me just put the daggone video out. <laughs> I'm doing way too much. B says, I work with a perfectionist. Funny thing, I always make a point of how imperfect I am. I laugh at myself sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. Man. Marty says she. this was a very good solid talk that he was on. He's very prophetic. Oh, yeah, the guy, uh, bro uh, Brother Jerome or um, <clears throat> Pastor Jerome, my neighbor. Yeah. Uh, let me see. Glory to God. God bless everybody joining in. Sister Corinne, God bless you. Um, Man, listen, I might have needed this talk more than I realized. I'm grateful. I think Sister Tatiana... Um, Thought this would be a good discussion tonight. I'm always looking for topics. Um, I learned about it probably like about 20 or 40 minutes before I came on, maybe, maybe about an hour before. But um, nonetheless, <laughs> it's good to talk these things out loud. It's good to just talk about them out loud so we can sharpen one another. So listen, if y'all want, look, I'm going to get together one of these uh, focus meetings we can take 30 minutes, an hour. We'll start with 30 minutes. I don't want to do too much. Just time to get together. I can do it live on here. You don't even have to be on camera. Then we can delete it. Or I can just, do, I'll probably do it on Zoom. That'll make more sense. But um, I'm going to definitely think about getting that together. So listen, definitely appreciated the discussion. Prayerfully, you guys gained something from this. Prayerfully, I made a little bit of sense. Um, trying to think if I have any announcements, none really right now. Um, just be on the lookout for stuff coming soon. I say this all the time, but I really am going to try to get more, um, cinematic type stuff. You know, I think for me, a lot of what we talked about tonight is with that. I wanted to be a certain type of way, certain type of look, certain type of perfection, but I realized that the power is just really in the word and, if I just simply follow a vision 
and the steps that God gives me, it's going it's going to be blessed because it came from God. So listen, family, I thank y'all for hanging out with me tonight. God is good. He is worthy to be praised. That's all I have in this solid talk, family. You all take care and be blessed. Culture can't keep me in check And from beginning gotta tell us what's next True believers they can come and connect Call in or even come as a guest And show each other respect I keep it solid I'm dropping knowledge Wisdom understanding just like you done went to college Devil know we working His goal is to try to stop it Helmet of salvation and shield of faith that'll block it Controversial topics Just to keep it honest Truth hit hard just like it's a blunt object Culture living and godless, I can't even call it. We in the last days, Babylon is falling. Don't kill the messenger, I can't mess with ya. Points got a plethora, this life will keep on testing ya. Let's walk and get the best of ya. I'm trying to tell you, bruh, only around the shell we say we're trying to get the rest Speaking of ya. Speaking out loud in depth, cancel culture can't keep me in check. In from beginning, gotta tell us what's next. True believers, they can come and connect. Call in or even come as a guest and show each other respect. Spiritual wickedness in high places Trying to cause division with the people and the races Jesus gave commission, say go out to all the nations So we streaming live on television and the stations No, we taking off like asteroids up in the spaces The cross was Eddie Murphy, Dan Aykroyd, we trading places The lost must understand that we cannot be void of graces So we preach it to a generation that is faithless Understand his greatness, ancient of the ages Written on my heart, the red letters of the pages the blood of jesus covers all my sin and it erases i pleaded and believe it so it covers all my bases Speaking out loud in depth cancel culture can't keep me in check in from beginning gotta tell us what's next true believers they can come and connect call in or even come as a guest and show each other respect try and keep my sanity amongst calamity social media nothing more than narcissistic vanity pc culture on a mission and they try to cancel me but i know jesus gonna Keep me covered like a canopy Blood give me amnesty No I can't handle me Not where I wanna be But best believe I plan to be Flesh wrestle against the spirit Main event and slambery So I need them every day This daily, weekly, annually Iron sharp as iron So I'm strengthened by my brethren We may not meet down here But guarantee the link in heaven The born again and righteous Are the ones he's gonna let in Let's keep the faith And be amongst the saints When they step in